Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can do. Sorry, my brain is moving a, a mile a minute. Uh, what are you guys' names? Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're we are doomed. I'm I'm glad I'm leading this because I'm like okay I don't have to think too much. Uh, this will start at what time are we at studio? No, around, stop. Around eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, your noises. I mean, it just those are noises I make anyway. It's not like I'm now like now I'm nauseous. Now I have to get off the podcast. Oh, okay. She's like, <laughs> now I gotta go turn on Bridgerton. Whoa, we're back. <laughs> That's how we know. <laughs> Wait until season two comes. If it doesn't live up to season oh one, God. I'm gonna be pissed. She's like, season two isn't the only thing that'll be coming if I say that. Oh um, my God. So <laughs> oh, yeah. Hello and welcome back to the Health Unfiltered Podcast. My name is Ro, and I'm here with uh, my guest, my beautiful guest host. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's been so long. My, my co-hosts. Oh, what are your guys' names again? Nicole Ugh. and Brooke. Jesus. You know, it's Struggle funny. Bus. Say hello. Ro, Say hello, it's for you to graduate. You don't have any more brain space. You've filled it all have, the way I haven't up. had brain space since I was like 10. You know, it's just filled with... Whatever we were talking about before we got on the podcast. You can't even remember uh, our names. Well, you know, it's not that. It's just, you know, we, we were gone for so long, and then this is my first time leading it, because Brooke did the last one, I think, and I just totally forgot. just forgot how to do it, mm-hmm. but we're mm-hmm. human. We're unfiltered. We're going to keep this taken, and I'm not going to edit it, so, <laughs> so it's going to be fine. <laughs> we don't have time uh, But yeah, in case you didn't, if, if this is your first episode, uh, go back and look, listen to all the other ones. Much more professional. Like I said, we're just coming back. <laughs> Uh, and I'm here, like I said, with Brooke and Nicole. What's up, ladies? What's up? Hello. Oh, <laughs> Hello. Brooke's not hyped. <laughs> not at all. She's like, not after you called me a guest. Like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I know. Well, I, I also feel weird. I'm in like a new environment. I took the traveling podcast stand and I'm in um, Brian's art studio. I'm not in the office. So I'm just mm. kind of feel weird in a new space you're like where's my whiskey guy go on (laughs) (laughs) dang and he's not there to get you a drink no he's failing the one thing he's good for (laughs) getting you a drink what do i uh, what are we doing how are we doing today it's thursday yeah thursday afternoon yeah i keep forgetting what day of the week it is i know Um, (laughs) but yeah i'm feeling a little i'm feeling like the end of the week blues where i'm just like tired and If you haven't listened to any of our episodes on periods, Nicole's about to be on hers. So <laughs> I just get really exhausted Sweet. when that happens. Okay. It's a good time. Maybe I'm on my period. Maybe that's why I'm tired. <laughs> I heard man periods were a thing. Are they oh, don't tell Rose that. He's no, going to eat that up. Well, I'm not going to. Okay, first of all, don't say I'm going to eat up periods. It's weird. Uh, it's not a good time. You know? Oh, God. Words matter, Nicole. I'm sorry. Um, Words love you, Mom, for listening. Um, yeah, well, that uh, sounds like a really great time for you, Nicole. Um, <laughs> sorry that you're being a woman. I guess. We got the thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> She's so good at this. Just the past two weeks. Thumbs up. Like, all right. What about you, Brick? How are you doing today? 
Good, good. I've just been like rolling through it. Um, it's one of those weeks where I just like sometimes entrepreneurship is beautiful and I have time to like go walk in the woods and like go do things for myself. And this week has just been like ham like not that week, running yeah. like like eyes on the prize eventually um you rest so it's always fun because it's energizing but i am really excited for friday i will say that good like Which do you have something exciting planned from friday or is it just that it's friday i get to hibernate in my house with my dog and my plants and no <laughs> one else is gonna bother me that's what you're i'm like, excited like, for so it's friday it's nicole good. like hops on a plane and just like knocks on brooke's door she's like what the fuck are you doing here like, what's up <laughs> it's my recharge time although i probably will do some hiking and stuff this weekend and that'll be nice mm-hmm. good what about you rowboat uh yeah i'm all right you know just um <laughs> getting used to uh or not getting used to i'm studying for my comp so my life is uh shitty i just read and study and try not to uh blow my brains out it's good do you take breaks like or do you do this yeah, nonstop? I, I, no i mean i don't have like the mental capacity or the discipline to do it nonstop. uh i've never really studied in my life so um this has been difficult because i don't know they're like, you should study like four to six hours a day. And I'm like, I'll, I'll put the time aside, but I'm going to get like a solid two hours out of that. And then the rest <laughs> of the time is me just like dicking off or trying to force myself <laughs> to read stuff. But I got three more weeks and then uh, hopefully I pass and then two more weeks after that. And then hopefully I pass and then I won't have to study this hard ever again in my life. And and then all will be good in the world. <laughs> Maybe. So it's great. Yeah. You can, you can, like, sense the positive energy coming out of me and, like, oozing it. Um, so that's how I'm doing. Well, if you weren't oozing Thursday. it, I would also be concerned because that's <laughs> right. not something you do. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a positive person yet. <laughs> I would probably that's be more concerned. True. He's lying to himself. I'm like, yeah. like something's break, really this wrong. This is his breaking point. This is him breaking. We need to call reinforcement uh, right now. Yeah, Casey, everyone. get a bed ready on the psych ward. <laughs> He's coming. Yeah, honestly, probably. Yeah, but I'm excited to to be doing this. You know, it's like I said, is like we said last week. At least it was, it it was just such a big part of my week, and then we didn't do it, and so now it's like, oh, thank God I have my the pod to to let my brain do something else. And I love talking to you guys. So, and I'm excited about this topic because. I haven't really been eating in the past couple of weeks just because I'm not focused on it. So hopefully I can pick up some tidbits here as to why I'm so damn tired all the time. Mm. But um, are we drinking anything? I, I know I said that I feel like I'm hungover. I had like two beers last night, but I think it's because I didn't have any water. So I'm just sipping on water and I got a long day setting ahead of me. So no alcohol <laughs> for me. I'm sorry. I'm not drinking alcohol, but I made a mineral mocktail and it's freaking delicious. I'll tell you what's in it. Um, it's yes, one do. cup of plain coconut water. And then I do like a half a cup of cold pressed juice. It's like orange juice, mango, pineapple, cherries. And then I do an eighth a teaspoon of salt. And <laughs> an eighth. An eighth a teaspoon, which is really like a big pinch. Right, I just found that you're like, it's an eighth. I, I would just like a couple shakes. A pinch like, of salt. And then I do um, concentrated mineral drops. I do a couple of concentrated mineral drops in here. And it's goodness. It's got a lot of whole food vitamin C, a lot of important minerals and electrolyte support. 
that is definitely needed during stressful times when you're living through the plague. So I'll take every little bit of help I can get. The big Mm -hmm. C. The big C. Yeah. (laughs) What about you, Nicole? I'm drinking some sparkling natural mineral water. You guys are so bougie. (laughs) Concentrated minerals in my cold-pressed juice (laughs) with one-eighth teaspoon of salt. This is what happens as you get older. You have to go to higher extremes. Who's, Who's older? I, aren't We're you the youngest? Older. Am I the youngest? No, yeah, I you think Nicole is the youngest. No, it's Rob. Uh, Isn't your birthday in December? Yes, when's yours? Mine's in October. Oh, what, <laughs> you're year? two months older? Yes, I'm two months older. I'm, I'm <laughs> you were born 28. in 92? I'm going to be 29, yes. No shit. Okay. So I'm um, the old one. I'm the baby of the group. That's good. That We've been over better. this. I know, but I forget. You know, and my brain is so peanut-sized <laughs> right now, I can't remember shit, so... <laughs> well, that's good. Hopefully, you know, we talk about, you know, hydration and minerals and all that good stuff that <laughs> you bougie bitches like to drink. So You're both going to be with episode. me on my 29th birthday. I, I hope so. Yeah. If Ro makes it. <laughs> yeah, Wait, what? Brooke, are you not coming no promises. No, no I said, am going to be there. Relax. God, classic Ro's Enneagram coming. Uh, we're, uh, this is not happening. Like, you have come uh, so far, and now you have to come meet us in person uh, and celebrate. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know, because depending on how things go, maybe, like, hey, you, you need to rewrite instead. of like, oh, oops. But positive thoughts, positive thoughts. Yes. Awesome. Anyway, let's move on to the question of the week. So our question of the week is, realistically, how long would it take to gain 10 pounds of muscle? Oh, my God. As a male in my <laughs> 40s. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Um, loaded question. Yeah, that's a really loaded question. I mean, there's so many... So many things you have to think about, right? Like when you're in your 40s, right? I know that we dog on, I dog on age a lot, but like, yeah, your like testosterone isn't as high as it was when you were obviously like 18 and 24, 25. But like, that's not gonna play as big of a role as you probably think it is. Um, the main thing is gonna be like, is your training structured properly? Are you sleeping well? Are you eating enough to actually like stimulate muscle protein synthesis and then to actually grow muscle? Um, 10 pounds is like a lot, uh, especially like it, that 10 pounds is a lot in a year time frame. So when you think about like, am I going to do it in six to eight weeks? It's like, no, not of muscle. You can put on 10 pounds easily, but like maybe a pound and a half that is going to be muscle. And then you put on nine pounds of just like straight fat. And then what is kind of like the point of that? Um, so it's going to take time in general. Uh, so I think looking at it, not from the standpoint of like me being a male in my forties, but just like how long in general does it take to put on 10 pounds of pure muscle? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I mean, like I said, based on the training, sleep, Uh, stress management nutrition but also based on like your genetics because if you don't have really like good genes and and that's like uh you know kind of a a cop out most of us have like average genes so it's not going to be a huge problem um but it's just it's going to be difficult and it's going to be hard to quantify whether it was like 10 pounds of muscle or just like 10 pounds you know Uh, especially if you don't have any sort of access to like a someone who knows how to do skin folds properly or underwater weighing or 
you know, an in-body or like a BIA machine like that. Um, so I would say, you know, like two years, year, year to two years if, uh, if you're not on any sort of like special sports supplements and um, you also can take care of every other facet of your nutrition and your training and your sleep. So, um, yeah, whoever sent in this question, uh, a lot longer than you think it's going to be. Is, <laughs> is I actually would have thought... I thought it would have been longer. So I'm, I feel like that's not that bad, but maybe that's yeah. just because I have a different perspective knowing things. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's manageable. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, yeah, manageable. Right. In two years you're like, yeah, okay. Like that doesn't seem too bad, but it, it's also like, you know, it depends on, uh, if the, if this person has like trained before, cause if you haven't, right, then those new begins are going to come really quickly, even if you are in your 40s, because it's like a totally new stimulus. I'm not saying you're going to put on 10 pounds in like six months or a year, but you're going to get like that initial um, muscle growth and like just feeling stronger really quickly compared to if you've been doing it for two, five, 10, 20 years. And now you're in your 40s and you're like, how long is it going to take me to take 10 pounds of muscle? It's like, well, if you've already put on like 30 or 40 in the course of like the 20 years uh it's gonna take a long long time um especially if you're not on like i said something like testosterone or d-ball or sarm or you know all that all that other fancy stuff that one day i will be loaded <laughs> up to the gills on so that's <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> so be good so yeah kind of a difficult really difficult question honest honest question though i mean i feel like you could do a whole podcast on that because there's just so many different variables oh yeah and you can get go down like loopholes or loopholes rabbit holes but also loopholes right uh testosterone's a loophole um so yeah uh thanks for the question it's good to answer questions again especially when it's related to muscle because it's all i really give a shit about uh but let's move into the podcast topic so today we'll be going over um, you know, diving into common nutrition pitfalls uh, that may be hindering your health and your performance, uh, why they may be happening, and then what you need to focus on to avoid them. Uh, Nicole, are you over here watching reels or something? Like, I heard the no, sound. No, I got and a I text like, message, and mute. I've been on mute, so it was not like, me. What was that sound? Oh, it was my cat. <laughs> yeah, your little tiny predator. <laughs> I was like, where'd she come from? Uh, yeah, so. Um, <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> I, this is really a fitting question because the stuff we'll talk about today um, will help to answer how le, the question that we just got of, like, how long it may take to gain those 10 pounds or really anything performance-related because you have to be able to hit. <laughs> you have to that be was able a to perfect hit, meow. <laughs> to be able to hit all of those things consistently day after day for a long period of time. So um, let's get into it. Also, um, you can before tell we get Ro into like, is oh. a, you can tell that Ro is like a teacher because he's like, are you watching reels while I'm trying to? <laughs> <laughs> no, Nicole, do I need I just, to take your cell phone? I heard phone? a sound. I know. I was like, put it at the front of the class, miss. Thank you. <laughs> Five uh, points deducted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You lost your attendance points for, for the day. Anyway. Sorry, go ahead. So before we interrupt me again one more time, young lady, and you're kicked out of the class. So. <laughs> Uh, Jesus. <laughs> before we uh, we dive into like how to fix things, right? I think that it's like you know important we we give out like small tips uh, on how to identify what a nutrition pitfall is and kind of how we can start to 
um, build awareness in in yourself or in your clients. So what are like tips that you could give to someone so that they can start to kind of think about, oh, maybe I'm not doing this or like what what is wrong or what might be wrong with me? I think the biggest thing, especially when I'm working with a client like one on one or anyone I talk to, my first foundational piece of advice is layer one to anything you're going to do in health and performance needs to be spending time developing that mind-body connection. Really making sure that you're going to be able to notice when things are even off. And I think spending time tuning into that. Um, Ro is literally trying to eat his cat's tail. I can't not acknowledge this. Like, what sorry. did I see? Oh, sorry, I'm distracting. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, oh where was God. I before you started devouring your cat's tail? Mind body freaking connection. That's where I was at. Lord have mercy. Um, this we spend so much time ignoring this and trying to force certain protocols on ourselves because that's what someone told us to do or we're modeling someone else's behavior and we think this is the answer. And through a lot of this unfortunate conditioning that happens usually from being really little, just something like you need to finish all the food on your plate, but you're not hungry anymore. Um, little things like that make people really disconnected from what's actually going on on the inside. And I think slowing down to pause, tune into how you're feeling, and also recognizing that some of the things might not be normal. So many people come when they start a nutrition journey and they're like, I've always felt this way. Like, I always need a nap at two. I always have been constipated. I always struggle through my workouts. Just because it's your normal doesn't mean that has to be the baseline of how you feel. So I would really just start developing a practice of checking in, seeing how you feel. And I love to write it down. Um, and I have a physical journal that I like to use for some things. And I also have an app. I use my flow app, which is great for any women listening because you can track your cycle and then other things you're feeling or experiencing symptom wise. And it kind of helps to connect the dots of patterns of, well, on this day, where was I related to my cycle? Or on this day, you can go back and be like, what was going on in my life with my calendar? Um, like how there things, it's basically like a big puzzle is what I'm trying to get at. And I think tracking these things and different health biomarkers can help you put the puzzle pieces together in a really meaningful way. And uh, just a couple of the things that I like to, to recommend to my clients to track is energy levels, sleep quality, or length of sleep, depending on kind of where you're struggling. Bowel movements is a big one. I like love to talk about bowel movements all the time. Brooks like I love poop. I do. It tells you so much. It's great. Yeah, poop does tell you plenty. Says the guy who's always full of shit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We love to. Okay, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, yeah, bowel movements. What? How often? They should be one to three times a day. They should be smooth, easily formed like a sausage. Um. Highly recommend visiting the Bristol stool chart if you're not familiar and checking in so you can register the spectrum of bowel movements and where they should be. Um, For athletes, I think it's really good to pay attention to your urine color, what that might be telling you about hydration, any GI symptoms you experience regularly, I would keep note of, and also how your athletic performance is during your workout. Like how would you, how did you feel during that workout? Sometimes you might not be writing everything down and having a bunch of different markers, but how did you feel? Like, did you feel great? Did you feel like a powerhouse or did you feel gassed and miserable and like sluggish and 
kind of like going through quicksand. Also recovery. How did you feel after that? Uh, recently had a client go through a big event and I'm asking almost just as many questions about the event as I am about how you felt after, because that gives a lot of good details on how you can pivot things and make them work, uh, for you in the future in a, a big way. Yeah. I mean, that was, a, that's a lot of things to like track, right? But it's also like a system of redundancies, right? Because I think that they're linked pretty closely together, right? If you, if your sleep is off, then you're like food, ten, your eating habits tend to be off. And then if that's off, then your poop tends to be off, right? So um, zeroing in on one thing, like you talked about, can help to kind of give you answers to a bunch of other things. Um, so yeah, I mean, great advice. We have talked about um, intuitive eating and, and kind of how that falls into maybe some of that in previous episodes. And I wanted to <laughs> highlight, I think it was episodes 37 and 38, specifically for the menstrual cycle. And, you know, because I think there has been a lot of talk about that within the industry, which is great. More of it should be talked about. Um, but if you are someone who does experience the menstrual cycle, uh, then check that out and maybe it can give some some more answers as far as to like what Brooke was talking about, because we're going to focus on a lot of other different things <laughs> in, in this episode. Um, and I know I like just word vomited a ton of ideas, <laughs> yeah. but like I would pick a couple and that like really vomit. stick out. Like what, what do you really know that you have some variation? Like just pick a couple and start there. I by no means track all of these things. Um, so, yeah start small yeah. i don't track my menstrual cycle at all so <laughs> all right so <laughs> those were those are like the, the little things that we can kind of um uh look at to see how how we're going but like okay now i know what to look at so that's out of the way but what can i do like nutritionally to support these like low energy days um the crashes during the day i know like when i'm really stressed right like i I don't eat. That's kind of how I deal with my stress. And then I get really tired in the middle of the day. And then instead of eating, I'm like, it's time for caffeine because I just don't want to eat still. Um, but what can we what can we do to help with those low energy and then the crashes during the day? Oh, I was going to pass to Nicole first. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry to not pick up on that cue. <clears throat> and the I was point. muted, so I was like, shit, I'm trying to, like, uh, get unmuted. Anyways, um, so definitely, so if you're feeling low energy, like, this is all going to come down to calories or energy. So what is your calorie intake? And um, especially in my world, and I know probably in Brooks as well, like she was kind of talking about earlier with these external sources, um, such as like dieting or what someone else told us we should or shouldn't be doing. Um, restriction can be a part of that. And if we're restricting our intake, um, then our energy is going to be low. So definitely first thing is the um, like calorie intake, how much food are you consuming each day? Because that is where your energy is going to come from. And then we can start to look at other things like meal timing and meal composition. If you're not eating enough, it's not really going to make a difference if we start moving other things around. A hundred percent. I always think the first step is like looking at that energy intake because usually it's that simple. And if you really are leveled off on that 
the energy intake and it's matched, you know, matched well with your expenditure, it's like, okay, then next layer is my timing off? Is my composition off? And I like to think of it as like peeling back layers of priority and energy balance is always such a big one. And then it's like, okay, well, where is everything throughout my day? And I would love to hear your opinion because I know we, we have a lot of similar nutrition philosophies, um, even though we practice in different areas when it comes to like really specific niches of nutrition. But when I talk about meal timing and performance, I really like to see people eating every two to three hours of like, where is this opportunity of nourishment where I have an opportunity to bring in a balanced composition that's you know, placed well in my day or around a workout because that will depend on what the composition should look like. Because I think when people start fasting throughout their day for more than like three and a half hours, we start to see this like dip in energy, blood sugars dropping. And I, so I really recommend for most people, not everyone is obviously very individualized, which is, you know, why we work with individuals in both of our practices. Um, but eating every two to three hours, not seeing, you know, fasting for more than three and a half in your middle, middle of your day. And I generally recommend a 12 hour window because so many of the people I work with, We'll start to see disruption and circadian rhythm and hormone balance and they're everyone's dealing with so much stress right now why would we want to put more stress on the body through you know fasting and weird meal timing that's kind of just like my opinion but i'd love to hear nicole like any insight you have or like maybe some advice too about hunger cues and, and normalizing some of that and getting regular you know fueling mm-hmm. yeah in the gentle nutrition portion of intuitive eating, it does talk a lot about, or not a lot, but it does touch on you know, how frequently, you know, we should be eating in that meal timing. And I want to say like max is four hours, like that you should really not like four hours is like the max that you should be going in between like a meal or a snack because your body is only holding on to so much like glycogen stores at a time and it is going to use those. So once again, this is very individualized with Brooke. She's working with a lot of active individuals and that's going to be very different. Um, So it's really great to be able to work with someone who can really see like the whole picture of your life to really start to set goals around meal timing and composition. But yeah, like I absolutely agree that if we are beginning to work on that goal for me too, it's going to be like, I would really love to see you eating something every three hours or so. Um, especially based on like their activity and what they're doing. Um, I feel like I was going to say something else that you asked, but I forgot. Probably oh. going to talk about how rice krispies are the goat of snacks <laughs> and you should have them all the time. Pre-workout snacks. Yes. Regular yeah, snacks. Just no. snacks all the time. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know why my body composition isn't changing. I have a whole box of, <laughs> of Rice Krispies all the time. Uh, well, my second part of my question, Nicole, was like, for someone who's working on reestablishing hunger cues, because mm-hmm. if you've ignored these signals from your body for forever and we're sitting here telling you, oh, you need more regular meal timing to support energy demands, that could be really foreign to try and eat every, you know, two to three or four. Definitely, you know, less than four hours. Do you have any like good, helpful advice about like reestablishing those hunger cues and how to go about that? Yeah, we definitely start small and basically like we kind of start with like the picture of right now. Like where are we right now? 
And then we start incorporating small changes. Like, let's add this one thing to breakfast. See how it changes your energy, um, your hunger and fullness, your satisfaction. And, or we could do, let's start adding in a morning snack and an evening snack. See how that goes. And so I really like to take it kind of like meal by meal. And then once we've kind of touched on every single meal, we've begun to add things because that's like our biggest thing here is like our goal is like to add as much as possible to your plate. Um, we don't want to take away. We want to keep your favorite favorite foods present and we want to add nutritional value from other things that we can add to it as well. Um, but yes, like tuning in to hunger and fullness is super important. But if you have been restricting for so long, eventually your body adjust to that and know it's not happy about it but it will stop like knocking at your door like it's gonna stop like having you experience that painful hunger because it knows that like this is not comfortable for you and your body's one and only job is to want to keep you comfortable and safe so as we start to add a little bit more little by little that is going to start to rev up your metabolism and it's going to start to bring those hunger cues back Um, that are going to start knocking a little bit louder. And once that starts happening, that's how we kind of know like this process is working. And now we're really getting into that mind body connection even more because they're like, wow, I didn't even realize that like my body was hungry and needing these things because my body stopped communicating to it, that to me in the first place. These are the wins we get excited about as RDs. I feel like people think we just subtract until you're doing things wrong. And it's like, no, you have hunger cues again. You had a healthy yeah. shit. Yes. <laughs> we love to see it. <laughs> yeah, I, I do remember uh, Nicola, our first client. Uh, I, I remember she was like an older lady mm-hmm. and she was a lawyer. But when she first started like moving again, and, and this I think was before you were like really deep into like intuitive eating and, and everything I at least and before I even knew it was a fucking thing mm-hmm. uh when when she started moving more she was like I feel more hungry and in my mind I'm like well yeah of course like you're doing things like which is great because now your body's responding and saying like hey I need more food and looking back at it now I'm like oh wow that like yeah we celebrated it was good but so much of that is like what we're talking about where she was probably finally like listening to being like oh I'm hungry now like mm-hmm. I should eat um which is really cool to, to think back on. Like, oh, yeah, th- there are people that always have, like, those little wins, even if, like, I wasn't aware of them at the time. And it was like, yeah, of course you're hungry. Like, what do you expect? <laughs> you're doing yeah. more things instead of, you know, being like, wow, great. Your body is talking to you and you should be listening a little more. Um, so, yeah, shout out to, I guess I can't <laughs> say her name. So, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to been, you. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's like three, four years ago. Uh, but yeah, so I think, uh, I think that's really, really great. Obviously we, we talk about like, you know, how you can support that, but like there are times where, you know, we, we have those signals, right. But like, what can we now do? Like why, why, why do we get like the brain fog? Why do we get like poor concentration? Like, because so much of it is not just like, oh, can I get up and go exercise when I need to but like how do I stay focused throughout my day and I have all these signals great but like what what am I supposed to do with my body that's talking to me now yeah this is a 
this one goes deep because it can be so many <laughs> different things. Question, yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, and I want to talk about all the different layers. So the, the things we mentioned earlier with calorie intake, meal typing, meal composition, I would challenge you to st- examine those. If you're like, oh, this is me, I'm, I'm struggling here. If all of that is in line, and by meal composition, uh, we're really talking about what's present when you're building a meal. Is it balanced? And I like to see four things. Four things I like to see. Is there a protein source? Make sure those are varied and you choose, you know, good lean ones sometimes. And I like to see starchy carbs. Starchy carbs are whole grains. There are starchy vegetables like corn, peas, potatoes. I like to see color and antioxidant. This is where all the happy fruits, vegetables think eating the rainbow happens. And I like to see a fat source. Those are the four things. Your fat source can be coming from something else. So for example, I made bison meatballs with organ meat, tons of fat in them. Great, good, cool, covered. Sometimes the fat needs to be added another way. Toss your salad and some extra virgin olive oil, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do. So that's what I'm talking about with meal composition. So if you've examined all of these things and you still have brain fog, poor concentration, I think that next layer is really looking at hydration status. Are you meeting your baseline level needs? And most of the time you're going to need more. Uh, Like thinking through what you do every day. If you're sweating, you're working out. If it's hot, if it's just hot, it's humid where you live, your climate really makes a difference here. And It's one of those things where sometimes people just need more depending on their genetics, how they sweat. Are they a salty sweater? Making sure that you've got baseline level hydration is crucial. I've seen just that hydration piece help so many clients. It's crazy. It's like, man, all I needed to do is drink more water. I'm like, yeah. Not me. Yeah, that's part of the puzzle. (laughs) You would feel a whole lot better today. Imagine what you could be if you would just be hydrated. (laughs) Imagine hydrated row. Imagine, Imagine. <laughs> impossible. Uh, just anyway, like drown continue. yourself two days before comp. Yeah. See what happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll just be like pissing the bed out of stress, and then pissing myself <laughs> as I take the test. And Casey's I'm like, be like "What's wrong with I, you? Not what I needed oh to do." Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> uh, boycott Dang. water. All right, go ahead. Keep, keep going. Those are the well. Those are the main ones. Those are like the main things that you can check easily. It, and control within your own life. A lot of the times I like to dig in a lot deeper and I like to do lab testing. If this is something that keeps surfacing, I like to look at micronutrient status. I like to look at gut health integrity to see if there's something going on with the gut lining, absorption of nutrients. Um, Cause running a micronutrient panel, like honestly doesn't, does not give you a complete picture. It gives you about half the picture. The other half is what's going on in your gut. Are you even able to absorb macro and micronutrients the way you should be? Is something else going on to cause all kinds of other issues? It's like this big cascade. So I really, really, really love to do stool testing now. Like almost every single client, that's that's where I'm going. Because if we can look at that and figure out what's going on on the inside on a deeper level... And then I like to look at micronutrients with a lot of athletes because these get depleted depending on genetics, depending on type of activity. Like a lot of the times you're burning through certain things because they're needed for energy processes um, a lot quicker as an athlete. So that's those are like my two favorite tests to run, especially if you're an active individual and you're describing these issues. On an even deeper level, you might, if you've got all this dialed in, like you might need to just go see like a primary care provider and start looking at like hormone health and thyroid function. Oh, 
Oh, there we go. I forgot how to press buttons. Yeah, I you know, I, I wonder <laughs> if um what what are your thoughts on like uh, a multivitamin? Because I know obviously like in a perfect world, right? You get blood work, it tells you what it is you're like missing. But as a form of like insurance, is that something that you might be advising or something? Yeah, I love a multivitamin. I actually call it like an insurance policy because it is, it's like worst case scenario, all you're going to do is have really expensive pee. You know, they're very, they're generally safe. Yeah, (laughs) bright yellow. Um, So I do recommend that. I would recommend that you get a multivitamin without iron. And I would do a really high quality brand. Pure Encapulations is one I really like. Personally, I don't know, Nicole, if you have any favorites, but I just don't trust necessarily all the grocery store brands like, all right, CVS, really for five bucks, you got like all the good stuff in here. Like, I don't know if I trust that. Yeah. Are you Um, allowed to buy the pure encapsulations um, like on your own? Because I know like Brooke and I, we both have full script accounts that anybody can have access to that if you wanted to order these things, but just curious if like someone looked it up, they're like, I can get this on my own. Yeah. Pureformulas.com. Pureformulas.com is like, you can get high quality, like pharmaceutical grade supplementation. And is it more expensive? Yes. But it's a hundred percent worth it because the purity testing standards and quality is just like going to be way better than like freaking target gummies. Yeah. No offense, big corporate <laughs> wait America. Sec- wait a second. So you're telling me that my Flintstones gummies are not good? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Maybe that's why I didn't grow up to be like six and a half feet. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's genetics. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Mom and Dad. You didn't give me the right multivitamin growing up. Oh, my. <laughs> my work, um, my... do you always, just like no matter what, like if a client comes to you, are you starting them on specific supplementations or – is it after you find the gut stuff? That's when like the protocol comes in. Yeah, very rarely do I just recommend supplements. Mm-hmm. The ones that I will recommend, like I'll recommend a multi if I feel like it's something we need just because we're not there yet with our quality and variety of our food. Sometimes I'll just recommend magnesium at night just because the benefits of magnesium glycinate like are awesome and very yeah. low risk. But most times when a client comes to me, I want to see, I want you to do your good old fashioned poop test first. Mm-hmm. And then after we do that, we would look at micronutrients and start adding micronutrients in. The most common things I see people struggling with that we do end up supplementing are omega-3s. Usually our omega-6s are too high and we're adding Makes in some sense. good omega-3s through like Arctic cod liver oil. Um, vitamin D and K is another big one I see. A lot of athletes we've got to supplement and a super B complex tends to be another one, um, which would contribute to the brain fog and poor energy. So yeah, those are kind of like the big hitters that will end up like I use the most with people that we see through testing. Mm-hmm. Cool. I don't know if I'm, I mean, I'm, a, I'm pretty sure I'm looking at the right one. I'm looking at like that pure encapsulations, um, mm-hmm. but like $19 for a 30 day supply of vitamins doesn't seem too expensive. Um, yeah. But I guess if you can buy like, you know, a, an 120 pill bottle for like 10 bucks, so that's like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> all right, then it is kind of expensive. Um, yeah. Maybe I need some B complexes so that I don't get, F comps. Anyway, uh, <laughs> wow, so witty, Ro. You're killing it. We're back. Um, yeah, so we, you know, we talked about. Um, well, you, you mentioned like a lot of things, uh, but I'm wondering, like, 
and this is obviously something I care more about, right? All of these things, yes, contribute to like overall life and your daily living and stuff. If I'm walking around feeling like shit, I don't really care as long as I can still perform in the gym, right? There's a lot of people that are like that. And, you know, I should see a therapist for sure, but like <laughs> whatever. Um, but, you know, what what are like, what about poor recovery, right? How much of an impact does that have on everything that we're talking about? And I imagine it's like a huge one, right? Because there's plenty of times where I will have a workout. It's great. And then I'm like, oh, I have to get right back to work. And so... I try to get back to setting. I try to run to whatever I'm doing. And then an hour later, I'm like, what What did I just do for the past hour? And how am I supposed to survive for the next two hours? <laughs> because I didn't, you know, I didn't recover uh, the way I should have. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely answer from the nutrition perspective. And then I know you've got some juicy goodness on, like, the performance side, what this means. Like, <laughs> actually, with the fitness programming and, like, what you could be doing wrong there. But... I would certainly look at what you're doing around your workouts. Are you bookending your workouts appropriately? Is something wrong with the composition and the timing there that you don't have enough support at or at the right times? So for that pre that pre-workout matters. Are you going into the workout with enough fuel? Did you have a pre-workout meal or a snack that was timed appropriately so you had what you needed to get you through the workout? Like that's where I would start like even looking at the recovery piece Mm -hmm. and then during the workout depending on the length like are you fueling during the workout with three things right we were like oh like i just need water or i just need bcas no 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 you need water you need electrolytes in some situations especially if you're going over 60 minutes or you're in heat or direct sun or something like that and you might need carbohydrates the addition of carbohydrates at that 60 minute mark so making sure you've got what you need there and then at the end then are you getting the right composition of carbohydrates and protein to bookend it on that tail end to start the recovery process? And then are depending on how close together your training sessions are, you need to be more aggressive with the way you're fueling post-workout. So some people yeah. kind of like don't take that into consideration. It's like, oh, I lifted, you know, at seven o'clock at night and then I'm getting up and I'm working out again 7 a.m. That's really tight. Like you need mm-hmm. to be really intentional with your fueling and it's not impossible. Like I, I personally like wouldn't want to do it because I would want to give my body more time to recover, but you need to be more aggressive than with the carbohydrate piece of the recovery. Yeah. Yeah. And for like an athlete, right. When you have multiple practices a day or, you know, specific to fighters when they have to train four to five times a day, it's like, yeah, the second you're done, you need to be eating aggressively because you have an hour until your next thing. And then you have to do that again three hours later because you have another training session. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I love the term bookmarking or bookmarking, bookending because it's a term you you use a lot and it has become like, I don't know, a perfect saying for the, for the podcast. But it's true. Like every session should be loaded with something before, something after, something before, something after. Um, and going back to like the training specifically, right, it's it's really hard to recover from high volume workouts um, and everyone has a kind of a volume threshold that they can deal with. It gets, you know, higher over time, but a lot of that is just dependent on your genetics and it's also really dependent on what you do in your life. So if you are a construction worker who has to move 
shit for 12 hours and then you're like anyway i'm still going to try to like consistently pr like you have taken so much energy you've already put so much volume on you throughout your day that it's going to become very difficult to perform uh that one time but especially day in and day out and then if you don't adjust then you know you'll start to kind of notice that your performance goes down notice that you're feeling worse throughout the day um, or just get hurt, which is something that, you know, we don't ever want. Uh, when I was with the Cardinals this past this summer, uh, there was a lot of, I mean, we move weights all the time, right? That's just like part of being a strength and conditioning coach is like setting up weights, putting it away, blah, blah, blah. And just being on my feet all day. And I, I, I didn't change my training program because I was already at the tail end of a strength phase. And I was like, fuck it. Like I only have to do this for a couple more weeks then I'll have like a nice deload for a couple months. Uh, but man, was every time I lifted, I was like, this sucks. I don't want to do this, but like I've already committed to it. So I'm just going to keep going. And towards the end there, yeah, I didn't like my my squat for the one RM that I was going for didn't feel great. And so I was like, well, I'll back off. Like I don't have to hit this for any sort of reason. But it really only happened because I didn't really change my volume, didn't change my percentages. And I was moving, you know, over 10,000 pounds of weight daily, just kind of like moving it around and stuff. So you have to think about what you're doing throughout your day outside of just like the nutrition stuff, but specifically like if you're very active, if you even working at like a grocery store, if you're like moving around all day and you're moving shit around all day, like that's work. And if you don't account for that in your training programs, then it's going to be even harder to recover with the nutrient time in with, you know, the micronutrients with the water, and then your workouts are going to go to shit. So it's, it's, you know, a, a really tough balancing act, especially if you have um, a really, really active job. Now, even if you don't have an active job, but you are high stress, because let's say you, you know, handle a budget of $10 million for a big company, or you just have stressors with your family, your significant other, you're just a stressful person because for whatever reasons, that's also going to take away from your volume for the day. Because whether you believe it or not, or whether you like it or not, your brain dictates what you can and can't do, right? And I think overall, right, how, how fatigue works throughout the whole body is kind of a dance between the central and the peripheral but if you're like consistently stressed then that means you're probably not sleeping well your relationships aren't going well and so it's very hard for you to like buckle down and be like you know what i have to get after this workout and even if you can do that you can only do it for so long before the like stress volume is added on to the physical vol volume that you're getting and then you're just kind of going to screw yourself over and then your workouts are going to go bad and they're going to be even more stressed because the only source of happiness in your life is gone because you can't do it anymore. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people have dealt with that. And I know that I have a lot of <laughs> too much personal experience with that. But it's like it's things that also will affect your like training. Um, and that's part of the recovery process is just getting your shit together <laughs> so that you can actively do the things that you want to do. I love that you brought that up because it's just so much more like the stress and the sleep and the, you know, there's just so many different pieces that come into play and you have to put your ego aside sometime, <clears throat> bro. 
and figure out what's more important, your mental health or training or like where is really the most bang for your buck? Rose I'm just like, teasing you. Mental health? Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. I just <laughs> question mark. No, I mean like, so I, I did that then knowing that I would have like a really tough semester ahead and like would need to back off. So now I've been training four times a week for like two years, right? Uh, now I'm actively doing three times a week. If I feel like doing some sprint and cardio, I'll do it, but I'm not locked into anything. And then all this stuff also I'm not like locked into. I'm not chasing numbers right now. It's more like, can we move this bar fast? Is it moving well? If not, no big deal. Um, but that's a conversation that was, you know, tough to have for myself. But it was also like I'm so focused on this one thing that, you know, is taking up a lot of mental space and emotional space. So I can't give to the gym what I need to be giving to it. But if you had asked me like 10 years ago if I would do that, I'd be like, no, of course not. Like, I'm just going to muscle through it. Uh, so it definitely comes with age and it comes with, you know, being more mature and, uh, and also, like, when you have goals that, like, you kind of need to do, you have to kind of prioritize and be like, right now, I'm just maintaining. And I'm going to have fun with lifting. And it's going to be good when it needs to be. Um, but if I feel like it's going to really affect my day and my studying or whatever, then I'm just not going to do it. Or I'm going to do, like, a really small just movement version of it. Um, so that's great. See, I don't need therapy, guys. I fixed it myself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it just took a lot of stress to do it. I feel like we have to emphasize the piece about recovery where even if your training's dialed in, even if your nutrition is perfectly dialed in and you're super stressed and you're not sleeping, like mm -hmm. you're not actually letting the body rest and repair, you're going to feel like garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Sleep is the like most underutilized supplement that people use. You know, and then they're like, oh, I just keep bombing caffeine. It's like, all right, well, it's going to come back to bite you at some point. <laughs> you shouldn't really be waking up with headaches being like, oh, I need my coffee. You know, but how many people, <laughs> Casey, how many people are like that? <laughs> you know, too many. So going back to, I guess, the training portion. And I, I do have like a couple questions when it comes to like muscle cramping. Um, because it's, I think it's a little bit more nuanced than like the nutrition and hydration but i they do play a role play a huge role um but from someone let's say you are and and chances are if you aren't you know what it makes sense let me just ask this question first for someone that suffers a lot of like muscle cramping right especially during their training session but maybe even like outside of it uh what can they start to look at to start like fixing it like why does it happen from the nutritional standpoint? Yeah, so a lot of the times I think people are like, oh, well, I'm just dehydrated. No, actually, usually it's something more like hyponatremia, like you're low in sodium. Um, but then also even bigger, potassium and magnesium are actually the ones that really play a role in muscle contraction. And people are usually pretty deficient, especially in magnesium. So the looking at these electrolytes is important and including them in your diet and being intentional about it and remembering that there's more electrolytes than just sodium the potassium <laughs> and magnesium are like really important so yeah. it's really about the hydration balance not like i'm just super hydrated you can be over hydrated and your electrolytes are then lacking it's really more about maintaining this really good balance and both ends are very harmful you know if you have the true dehydration 
Or if you're overhydrated and you're low on electrolytes, super dangerous. Like, not to scare people, but very dangerous, um, yeah. especially with like cardiac health and these other issues. So, really, it's about hydration balance. And I would examine sources of potassium and magnesium. And like, are you making sure that that's there? Pretty much all summer long, I tell clients, even if you're just working out for 60 minutes, I would add some electrolytes. This is super simple. Something like noon sports tablets are a favorite of clients. I have a lot of clients that some like liquid IV and then it's like you love it or hate it. Some people hate the taste. You know, that's another option. So thinking that through doesn't need to be a Gatorade. I think people deter from Gatorade because they're like, oh, I don't need the sugar. sugar. Uh, But sometimes you do if you've got a really long workout and it's appropriate. Like it was developed for people in, you know, I think college football, if I remember correctly, but they need it, right? Like Rose just describing what they do in training camps, like that would be appropriate for you. You might not, maybe you just need some type of electrolyte support in your water and not a bunch of extra carbohydrates. So I would definitely take that into consideration and remember that the pre intra and post fueling strategy needs to have a well thought out strategy with hydration and balance because so many, and so many different things play a role in that. Like climate, duration of work, you know, weight shifts that happen in your body. And there's a lot of cool sweat tests out there now. Gatorade makes one, other companies make them, where you wear this patch and you send it in and then they're looking at the concentration of what's in your sweat. So you can see what's going on with your electrolytes. So that's super freaking cool. And I feel like it's very pretty fairly expensive. I don't know if you know Ro, but off the top of your head, I think it's fairly inexpensive. Like you can, it's very accessible. So if if you're curious and you experience this a lot, like that might be worth exploring. Is Ro frozen? Yeah. Yeah, I oh. think I'm good now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, so. One of the things that uh, when so I would do hydration tests in the morning for the, the team, and it really it was like the, the first year guys because it's like impossible to get grown ass adult men to like pee on this thing for you. Um, but I remember having a conversation with a player and uh, I was like, yeah, like, I mean, his his urine-specific gravity was like 0. 0.00000. And I was like, uh, hey, man, like, you have, you, like, go have electrolytes. Go have something else because you just have too much water. And he was like, what do you mean? I get told to drink more water. And I tell me to drink too much water. And as, and it is kind of hard to to explain, right? Because we are always like, hey, drink water, you're dehydrated. But then when it's like, I mean, his cup looks like he just put water in it, even though there was no sink there, you know, then you have to be like, yeah, well, there's a, like you said, Brooke, a balance between like the, I guess, solutes. I'm trying to make sure I'm using the right term. Um, But the amount of stuff that's in your, uh, you know, in your liquid in your body, and it's not just water, because if you have too little of it, then it becomes harder for muscles to contract harder for you know oxygen to be extracted from the blood and that's like these are professional athletes who like you would think would have like a better understanding of things and they don't so how can we expect someone who's like oh yeah i just like drink water all day and i'm just like pissing all day and this is fine and i love it for for it to be clear uh for them to kind of have that understanding as well so definitely a good point to to make that you you need other things than just water um and another thing is like i with the with the gatorade thing um for sure right like most of us 
drink Gatorade when like hungover, right? Nobody <laughs> or like they like like the drink, and very few people are like, yeah, I'm going like a long ride and it's long, or like it's a you know highly aerobic thing. I'm gonna need my carbohydrates, but even if you do take a lot of like liquid IV and stuff, if you don't have a carb source, then it's harder for water to to just stay in your body and so it's going to be harder for those electrolytes and the salts to stay in your body so just don't be scared of having a sugar or maybe something that's more complex just because then you're just having more expensive pee like with the, the multivitamin and then you're still dehydrated or at least not having enough of those electrolytes so very very difficult to balance out especially if it's your first time being like yeah, I'm drinking a gallon of water a day. It's like, cool, how much salt do you have? Like, none, because salt's bad for you. And you're like, all right, well, you're going to die. <laughs> so you need to kind of be a little bit more cautious about that. Yeah, and I love that you brought up the carbs point too. Like, one of the other many reasons that you should love and be on board with carbs, carbs, people. Yeah, I mean, that's, and it also fills your muscles. So if you want your muscles to look bigger, have carbs easiest way to get yeah the pump. i always think that's the most interesting part is i feel like protein always got like the the biggest spotlight yeah. and it's just like if you're not eating carbs <laughs> protein's not going to be able to do much for you yeah i mean it'll like build that muscle you know it just be so much harder if you mm-hmm. give it a carb to like literally help to transport it in and then also get that pump who doesn't why want do people that? have to hate on carbs for so long like what like what i'm just so it's feeling the obesity crisis that's fat why. phobia bro that's why <laughs> yeah, fat I phobia i uh <laughs> i don't even know if that's like fat phobia it's just a, a great mark i don't know i don't know what it was i don't know because if you i cut think out carbohydrates you are going to lose weight because of water and all this shit but it's also going to make you miserable it was a white. Well, I think tactic. it was like yeah. I think it was like South Beach, Adkins. Like mm-hmm. I think that's what made it popular. It was actually weight loss strategies. Mm-hmm. Man, but then you look at like every bodybuilder and they're like, yeah, no, you love to eat carbs. So like, stop listening. Look at like, you know, obviously not saying everyone needs to look like a bodybuilder, but like the most jacked people eat a shit ton of carbs. Lane Norton's post. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I haven't seen. It that was yet. like him and his wife and. It was making fun of, like, that whole narrative that you can't eat carbs to be, like, super lean and jacked. And it was like, like we love carbs, fueled by yeah. carbs. And it's, like, yeah. insane how strong yeah. they are and lean they are. Yeah, it's also insane how people kind of fell for, I don't know, the, the don't eat carbs shtick or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, you know, that's what you're here for. That's what you guys are here for because I'm like, I don't have that patience to do with that so you guys gotta would go be to, like this makes no sense dietitians look yeah. at the science i'll be like how are you this dumb how do you not get this <laughs> uh. <laughs> rose like anyway. i can't work under these conditions <laughs> yeah <laughs> give me people that are gonna listen to me like soldiers or nothing else i don't care. try being the person that walks into any social situation and when someone finds out you're a dietitian all they want to talk to you is their life choices when it comes to food you're uh, like, that's I mean, awesome. Um, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's okay, because everywhere I go, for some reason, people are like, oh, you do this? Like, I have this pain in my shoulder. Like, that's not what I do. I don't, <laughs> I'm not a physical therapist or a doctor. Like, what? And they're like, what do you do? Like, oh, like, I study muscles. And like, oh, okay, how do we get bigger arms? And I'm like, 
don't talk to me, dude. <laughs> and we're done here. Do yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, do Leave I look like someone chat. you should be taking advice from? Uh, yeah. So it, it, it comes in its in its own special way. Um, but yeah, so hopefully, hopefully this this episode um, one gets you back in the groove of listening to us. I know we're happy to be back. Um, and then two, you get some some little nuggets of information to to help you. Um, Brooke and Nicole uh, are people that are great to work with. You should be working with. Um, we're all currently accepting clients. Uh, myself, I do anything related to exercise and performance, uh, specifically the training, right? Uh, Nicole is our intuitive eating and health at every size dietitian. And then Brooke is a dietitian specializing in combining sports nutrition and functional nutrition with lab testing, shaping the client's journey. What a mouthful. Oh, my God. But all I'm hearing is, what a value. (laughs) Uh, Follow us at Health Unfiltered Pod on Instagram and keep those awesome questions of the week coming. Um, We would like to do a... uh, a Q&A episode again. It's been a long time since we've done one. So we got to we gotta get those questions in. Um, rate us, share us, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, you know, Spotify, wherever. We love to read the comments. I know Nicole always says only nice comments. I like the negative ones. It's just how I am. Um, so leave, <laughs> leave uh, comments and let us know what other things you'd like for us to, uh, to talk about. Um, and if you want to connect with us, we'll put the – uh, links and, and everything in the show description. Um, but until then, until the next episode, we're going to peace out. So, Brooke, do what you do best. Cue that music. I love how she closes love her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> She's like making love to the microphone. She's I got to like, get in the This is my part. This is my part. Oh, man. Peace out, everyone. Bye.